Welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined tonight by my co-hosts, Philip Casgrain and Adrian Marshall. How are you, Phil? I'm great. And you, Dan? I'm good. How are you, Adrian? Excellent, thanks. Good. For this first episode of 2016, we have speaker Pamela Pavlicek joining us. How are you, Pam? I'm doing well. Thanks. Good, good. And uh, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like where you're from? What do you do? Yeah, well, I don't know. Do you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am... The long story. <laughs> okay. I am originally from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. So I go have blue. moved around a lot. Yeah, go blue. That's right. We found out we both went to University of Michigan, didn't we? So that's awesome. And any other alumni going to the conference, let's get uh, together. Exactly. There's most likely cheer. going to be some of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, yeah, I, did, I grew up outside of Ann Arbor and went to school at University of Michigan undergrad, went back for graduate school for human-computer interaction in the School of Information. And since that time, I moved around a bit, but now I'm in New York and based in, well, I used to live in the city, but now I've kind of moved north of the city to get, you know, space again. <laughs> bigger than a closet. Yeah, bigger than a closet. And, and I live in the Hudson Valley, so, you know, beautiful sunsets, awesome views of the river, and, you know, it's, it's fantastic, but still close enough to get into the city. So that's... So that's part of the story, where I live. Um, I don't know. What else can I tell you guys about me? Uh, well, so, so what, what, uh, you say you went to school for uh, human-computer interaction there. What, what was your uh, drive to get into that? Well, it's kind of funny because I spent quite a few years studying Russian, and I spent a lot of time in Russia, and somehow... During that time, when all that was happening, I got interested in technology. Technology got really interesting to me. And in, in Russia. Russian... So. <laughs> well, it's funny because in Russia, there wasn't a ton of technology at that time. Um, but I just got interested in um, technology and kind of got distracted from, from Russian studies. But one thing I did take away from that whole experience was that I became a pretty good listener and pretty good at asking questions because I wasn't so great at speaking Russian. <laughs> and so that has parlayed itself into some mad research skills <laughs> and uh, and kind of led me to the path of, of you know human computer interaction. And so that's that's kind of I took a wayward path and I find that resonates with a lot of other folks in this field who maybe didn't start out in computer science or in graphic design, but took kind of another more circuitous path to get to technology. So that was that was me too. So for, for those that, that may not be familiar with HCI, like what, what would you define HCI as? Like how would you explain it to a, to a lay, layman? Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's always a hard thing. My kids are It's like, pretty broad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, my kids are always like, what do you do anyway? <laughs> they have trouble explaining it, you know. My, my friend's mom is a policewoman <laughs> or whatever. 
whatnot, you know, so it's a hard one to explain. Um, but I think the key part that I take away from it is it's all about how humans engage with technology and that relationship that we have. Sometimes we don't think about it as a relationship, but that relationship that we have when we are even thinking about technology, interacting with technology, engaging with it in various ways. And I find that to be absolutely fascinating and and I've been doing that for years and it hasn't become, it's become even more fascinating um, over the years because that's it's really changing how we think about ourselves and who we are and how we live in the world. And so it's, there's endless possibilities. It's not a narrow field at all. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, especially as more of the things that we do, more of the interactions that we have with people become digitized. So, you know, self-driving cars, online dating, more and more of our day-to-day gets spent using technology is probably more to study now than ever before. Yeah, well, it's more deeply embedded in our everyday experience. Um, it's how, as you say, it's how we mediate our relationships with other people, our relationship with the world. I think what's really exciting now is how technology is becoming kind of part of the canvas of our, our world. You know, it's not going to be hopefully anyway, it's not going to be about screens that we're staring at in our hands all the time, but instead um, it will be it kind of, you know, a part of, of everything that we engage with. And that presents, of course, some amazing new challenges, but some, some wonderful opportunities too. So speaking of challenges and opportunities, so you've got a consulting company, if I'm not mistaken. So what is that? What does the kind of work that you get that you kind of focus on these days? Um, it's it's pretty interesting because it's very wide ranging what we do. Although when I say what we do, it seems really narrow <laughs> because we only focus on research and strategy. We are not doing development. A little bit of design. Um, uh, a lot of working with teams to facilitate what's going on, but really focusing on that piece about learning how people are engaging with technology. So what it's been traditionally over the years is tons of observations and ethnographic research and interviews. And lately in the past couple of years, we've been able to fold in a little more of a data science approach where we're bringing in um, analytics and social media data and um, any other kinds of data that, that companies have that will inform the experience that people will have with their technology. And our clients range from, you know, big, I mean, we're in New York, so it's entertainment and financial are are a big part of what we do, but also education, um, startups, you know, just it kind of runs the gamut. So it's pretty it's pretty fun because we're always having to learn new things and shift gears and, um, you know, have these amazing conversations with super smart people, just amazing people that we get to work with. Hmm. And in terms of the, the data analysis aspect, like is, 
are you using are you doing some trend analysis to determine the the success of an interaction or of an experience yeah well what we do it's most of the data that our clients have on hand is about behaviors. So what did people click on? Where did they go? What did they do? Um, all of that kind of information, which I think dovetails really nicely with more ethnographic approach where we're learning about why did they do that and and how were they feeling about it and what did they think about it? Lately, I've been doing a lot of thinking about emotional analytics um, and how to measure emotion with biometrics and facial recognition and other tools and so we do have some clients beginning to experiment with that and that's a really interesting field right now because I think like a lot of the the data that we use to understand people's relationship with technology it kind of has this it comes out of this marketing side which is not entirely comfortable for me you know a lot of it is about um, selling and advertising and you know keeping sort of that going and so I worry about the emotional piece because it's so powerful but there's also a lot of positive um, potential in that kind of technology. So we're, we're doing a lot of experimenting with that. I have a question, Pam. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, so I was on your website and I saw that you write a lot about positive technology. And yeah. one of the things that I've, I've started to realize, so I work in the tech industry, not in a mm -hmm. technical role, I'm in business development. But as you mentioned, and as we all probably are, I spend my whole day in front of a computer screen and I have my phone glued to my hand and find when I get home I crave analog things so much so you know I want to read a paper book I want to get a record player I like you know plants and cooking and things that sort of take me away from screens and I'm wondering if you have any like if you can comment about that sort of like digital analog divide and how positive technology is like somewhere in the realm somewhere in the middle like we can connect technology to the pleasures of analog lifestyle in like a harmonious way. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. So what I what I got interested in, I mean, really this started a few years ago. I started to see this kind of conflicting um, information that I was getting about technology. So you guys know when you're like scrolling through your Facebook feed aimlessly <laughs> you see lots of articles about how we're all addicted and there's all these negative effects of technology our sleep our eyesight our intelligence even you know all, all kinds of bad stuff going on but then because I'm talking to people in a research context all the time I see all these positive things and I think you know I thought to myself well there's got to be a way to uncover what are the best things what are the things that are making people feel happy and not in the sense of like you know puppy dogs and ice cream happy I mean that too but also you know purpose and and meaning and those those kind of that kind of deeper happiness that we get like what what is that 
what is that when it comes to technology? Because when you ask people, you know, what it, what makes you happy about technology, usually the response is like, oh, no, it's a means to an end, or no, it actually makes me miserable, or <laughs> all these things. Yet you talk to people in the tech field, and we're pretty optimistic. I mean, I think you know, my story is certainly I got into this because I thought technology was going to make our lives better. And I, I think we all come to it with sort of that idea, right? And so I'm like, I don't want to, what am I doing? Am I making everyone miserable? This is, this is terrible. I've got to figure out what's, you know, what are the good things about technology? And so I embarked on you know, really it's an ongoing research project and trying to understand it from all these different angles. So I've done online studies and ethnographic research and online diaries, and I've had people do drawings of their favorite sites and apps just to try to understand, like, how are people thinking about this very, you know, broadly in their lives and and narrowly and it comes down to a lot of the things that that you're suggesting Adrienne where it's this um, bringing back kind of the sensory tactile physicality um, of our Mm -hmm. lives I think there's a lot of potential for that in the new you know the the newer ways we're thinking about technology where we're trying to integrate it into a connected home or into wearables or things like that. So I think that's one potential area. A lot of a lot of it is people seeing the creativity in using technology. And that means everything from making a playlist to making, you know, to devising a heck of cool tweet, you know, to doing to all kinds of activities. And I, that was kind of surprising to me because I wasn't expecting to, to see as much of that um, being a part of what makes people happy online. And I think that's something that can inform our decisions that we're making when as, as developers and designers of technology is how can we we create this more sensory experience how can we bring back some creativity for people into the into the process so they feel like they're not just passively getting fed you know information but instead being an active participant in that that's really really interesting can you tell us like from your observations and from your research of course there probably isn't one universal winner but is there is there an app? Is there a website? Is there some IoT that across the board people really, really enjoy using and is exemplary in positive technology? There there are a few. So but I, I think it's it's not the overall app or site usually, it's one piece of it. So I think an interaction with it. Yeah, an interaction or one aspect of it. Um, you know, there's so there's a few different things. One that's come up recently in my latest research is this. I don't know if you're familiar with that site, but it you may only submit one link a day. <laughs> you have to choose carefully and you then every day get an update of the five, you know, hand selected things that are most important. And what people like about that is it brings back this sort of human, thoughtful, reflective element into their experience of social media 
it's something that can often seem really overwhelming and so it's sort of a counterpoint to it so that's one thing that I think people are looking for are you know designing with a pause designing for some kind of reflection Um, another thing that came up a lot is real people so not like your cheesy testimonials that you see apologies to anyone who has testimonials on their site I'm sure they're awesome but you know what I'm talking about um (laughs) good thing we don't have them on our site thank goodness no we don't either um but but the examples that often came up um a couple years ago when I first started this not as much now but Um, humans of New York oh yeah you thought like New Yorkers couldn't possibly make anyone happy you know (laughs) and if you've been to New York you're like yeah but uh they can humans of New York really resonated with people and because of this kind of real human connection that they saw and they felt when they saw the post from there and I think another undercurrent that was going on with that is it felt open like there was space for them to imagine a little bit about that person or that story or to wonder how did it end and I think that's an important takeaway that that I had from from all those diary entries that um, indicated oh yeah humans of New York is this great um, positive experience for me is that yeah, maybe there does need not only authenticity, but maybe a little bit of room for imagination, um, openness to feel that, to pause for a minute and feel that connection. So those are a couple of examples, but there, there's, there's so many positives. It's really interesting because we often, even though we speak very generally of negatives, I think there's a lot of specific positive examples <laughs> that have a real impact. They just make better press the negatives. I, I think so too. And I read recently something in The Guardian where there's very few um, social science researchers focusing on positives because it's a little harder to to get at those and to create research experiments that that prove the positive thing. Also, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage speaking English. Well, you guys speak French too, but (laughs) um, speaking English because we have very few positive emotion words compared to a lot of other languages. We have a lot of possibilities for negative words. And so I actually saw this in my research. I had to do some brainstorming sessions and then do my own research to figure out like what are some other positive words besides just happy or fun or excited that people use to describe these experiences. And it was it was hard. There aren't that many. <laughs> Is there anything that you can do that's uh, not considered work? Like what do you do when you're outside of your your bubble of uh, researching, of uh, of um, of marketing, or something like that, of observing the world is there. What are your interests outside of uh, just uh, your general, very astute world observations? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny when you guys probably know this too. When you have your own company, 
work can easily take over everything. (laughs) And so it's really hard to create that divide. But luckily, I have some sort of built-in distractions that take me away from work. I live in a really beautiful area, so I can spend some time outdoors, which is great. That's Um, wonderful. Yeah, and that's awesome. I have chickens. (laughs) Nice. And I don't, a little, little known fact. um, I didn't really initially want them, but they've kind of grown on me and they're pretty, they're pretty nice, but now we're kind of attached to them, which is not necessarily a great thing for chickens, but anyway, (laughs) and I have dogs too. And of course, and I have three um, amazing daughters who are definitely... Um, interested in technology in all kinds of various ways and get oh that's great yeah so (laughs) but so I try to incorporate them you know into my work and sort of get them interested in it which some you know only somewhat works really and (laughs) and you know then obviously they have a lot of other interests so they, they, they definitely help keep you grounded yeah yeah Definitely. So, and I love, you know, I have a secret love of really um, tactile projects. So I am always, I love to make like dioramas and things like that, like all kinds of little crazy bits of stuff and put them together. And that's kind of weird, but it comes in handy for a lot of school projects, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Pam. Um, What would you say is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? I think probably the best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, that is a great way. I'm on there probably a little too much or on LinkedIn too. (laughs) That's at uh, Pam in the lab, right? That is because nobody could spell my last name, I would think. So (laughs) I had to come up with something else. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, you can learn more about our conference by visiting our website at nsnorth.ca. Also be sure to check out our new blog as we frequently post news and announcements there and on our Twitter feed at nsnorth. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time as we will introduce and you can get to know more about another great speaker. Phil, how can people get in touch with you? That would be on Twitter at Philip C, L-I-P-P-E-C. And Adrian, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Also on Twitter at Adrian R-M. Cool. And I am underscore Dan Byers on Twitter. You can email me also at dan at See you soon. Mm-hmm.